All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. As always, today's sponsor is Authors Unite. And if you want to become a successful author, Authors Unite is the place to go. So head on over to AuthorsUnite.com to check out a free case study that will teach you how to do exactly that. And now, let's jump into the episode. All right, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Business Blast podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Wagner. Today, I have George Morales with us, and he is the president of Blue Box Real Estate, which is a commercial real estate firm in South Florida. And he is the author of the business book entitled Don't Sign the Lease, The Tale of a Triumphant Business Owner and host of Don't Sign the Least podcast. So welcome to the show, man. Thank you, Tyler. It's a pleasure uh, to be here. I thank you for all that you're doing for the business community. And as an aspiring podcast, uh, podcaster myself, you're, you're into the thousands and I'm on episode 18. So I really admire what you've been able to accomplish <laughs> and the consistency to stay with it. So congrats. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. And congrats to you on everything and uh, on your uh, new podcast. I'm excited to hear it. Thank you. Uh, so the first one, I know you've listened to a few episodes before hopping on. So the first one, we like to get to know you pretty quick. The first question I got is, what is the best story from your life that has an underlying valuable message? Well, I think, I think I'm going to go to a story that kind of dovetailed me into commercial real estate. And I often tell people, if commercial real estate doesn't work out for me, I've got to go back to Chick-fil-A because that was my other job. I've had two jobs <laughs> in my life. But it was high school, graduating senior year. I won't tell you the year. Um, and I was making $3.80 an hour, just ecstatic, thinking I could move out of the house because I was making so much money. When a friend of mine who was in property management of an office building in Coral Gables, which is in a sub-district of Miami, 12-story office building, he asked me, would you like to come work for me as a maintenance man? And I'll pay you $6 an hour. And I thought, my, I go from $3.80 to $6 an hour. Why not? So... I started uh, summer of 1991. There I go. I, I, I mentioned a year and uh, started. <laughs> that's when I was born. <laughs> that's when you were born. Well, there you go. <laughs> August 13th, 1991. I love it. <laughs> All right. So you were born after the star Wars, the original star Wars. So yeah. That, uh, that Sorry, go ahead. Coming from. <laughs> but, um, so here I am, I'm, I'm a maintenance guy and I'm coming in early and I'm my first job in real estate is cleaning the gunk and the muck in the parking garage and cleaning rooftop algae underneath the chillers of the, of the, of the roof and uh, getting in early before any business professional comes in to sweep the floors, check the bathrooms, and just, just do everything that needs to be done to keep an office building running. And uh, weeks went by, and uh, I started just being fascinated with, you know, 8.15, 8.30, Monday, you start coming in all these professionals. And, and I remember thinking, what do they all do? And come to find out, some are accountants and some are uh, entrepreneurs and and some have marketing agencies or financial firms or, or attorneys. And you have all these, this plethora of businesses coming to one place, a gathering place to conduct business. And, and it was early then that I started to be, begin to realize that my role wasn't just to sweep floors and make six bucks an hour. It's, it's, you know, I kind of took importance. My job is to keep this place tidy and comfortable so they can come in and conduct their business and serve their clients. And uh, that really stuck with me. I mean, I, the, the job lasted a few weeks. And then the president of the company, it was a development company, came in who I happened to know and said, George, I didn't know you were working here. I said, I am. I'm working as a maintenance man for the summer. And he said, well, 
why don't you come work for us at our headquarters in downtown Miami? And I said, uh, well, you know, I signed up to work all summer and I've got an important role and I'm making $6 an hour. And he interrupts and says, I'll pay you $8 an hour. And I said, when do I start? <laughs> so I, you know, in a matter of uh, two or three weeks, I, I went from 380 to eight bucks an hour. And now I became, you know, the, the file guy and, and working for everybody and just got exposed to even more aspects of commercial real estate you know, from the lowest level. But again, those early days taught me that there are no tasks that are remedial that are not important. Every role is important. The floors being swept are important. The uh, algae being cleaned are important. The answering of phones, the security guard, the maintenance staff. And even to this day, you know, 20 some odd years later, um, I love my security guards. I love my maintenance staff, receptionists and so forth. Every role serves a purpose and if it's done with that mindset knowing uh, the role that you play and how vital it is to the whole part then it can be done well and 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 done uh, in such a way that 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 really fits the company and and serves your fellow man so i those kind of tidbits i took from my early days in real estate yeah man i love that dude that's a great story um so my, my second one, and I'm, I'm curious about this, because I think, especially in Miami, as you know, or South Florida, like a lot of people are in real estate. Yep. Um, so a lot of people want to be successful. And sometimes I think, because I know a lot of people, I'm like, how could all of them be successful when there's so many of them? But maybe there's a lot of opportunity in South Florida. I'm not sure. So my next one for you is, what is the most valuable piece of information we should know that's within uh, the real estate industry or commercial real estate? So, so Tyler, this is kind of a softball pitch to me. Okay. You laid it up for me and here's the thing. <laughs> Don't sign the lease. Don't <laughs> sign the lease until you know what you're doing, until you can answer 10 common questions of commercial real estate and how to avoid pitfalls when signing a lease. So yeah, it's a little self-serving answer, but it's, it's the core of what I do. And that is this, it, I, over the course of my real estate career, which is over 23 years now, I, I've seen so many business owners, good, well people, reputable people who are good business owners, and yet they, they went about the process of finding office space or finding commercial space and signing a lease on their own. And it really put uh, a millstone you know, on their business, like a, coming around with a bowling ball tied to your ankle. And, and I've seen it over and over again. And what business owners need to understand is that when you leave your sphere of business, if you're an accountant or an attorney or a podcaster or a PR agent, whatever is your expertise, when you decide, okay, now I need to grow my company or find commercial space, that's in itself a separate business. It's another commerce with its own unique skill set, knowledge base, know-how, expertise. And there are resources out there. There are professionals who can come alongside and, and help you during that process. If you need financial advice. If you want to open up a 401k for your business, you're not going to do that yourself. You're going to go to a financial planner or a stockbroker. If you need to provide health insurance for your employees, you're going to contact a, a health insurance agent or provider and so forth. If you get sued, you're not going to go into court by yourself. You're going to bring on along an attorney. But when a business owner needs office space, they go about the process themselves. And, and listen, I mentioned this in my, the introduction of my book, you know, business owners need to understand that, that landlords, uh, sign good leases for a reason. And, and oftentimes in real estate transactions, there's winners and there's losers. And it's usually the tenant, the business owner, who's the loser. And, and, and there's a reason because landlords invest in the real estate. Most of the landlords, we're in Miami together. So 
most of the office buildings you see are, are not owned by fly-by-night owners. They're owned by institutions who have multiple office buildings, not just in South Florida, but throughout the, the country, perhaps the world. So that means they have a plethora of staff, huge staff who, of property managers, chief engineers, attorneys, accountants, bookkeepers, all kinds of people who have MBAs in commercial real estate servicing the landlord's best interest. And the leases that they draft are written on behalf of the landlord to protect them in every conceivable circumstance to make sure they collect their rent and protect the landlord's interest. The smiley face, the person who, who I handle this role as well as representing landlords of properties. When you come through the doors, it's very, very kind person, smiley person, but you have to understand that person is being paid by the landlord to get them the best deal, to get them the best, uh, to protect their best interest. So why not get someone along your side as a tenant advisor to, to balance the level playing field and uh, to represent your best interest? And it, it baffles me time and time again how many business owners don't understand that. And therefore, um, they go about and they sign poor leases. Now, I, I think I understand why, because our, our industry, commercial real estate, is an industry where we hoard our information. If you hire me, then I'll give you my information. I'll give you my data, my know-how. But that has created in some respect, an ignorant business community who doesn't know, why do I need a commercial real estate broker when I can drive by call signs and negotiate on myself, by myself? But there's more to it than that. There are, there are things that you're leaving on the table that landlords gladly offer. There are different uh, provisions that you can negotiate in your leases or different market conditions that might exist that you have no fathomable way of understanding or knowing because you're not in that industry. When I was at a national firm for 10 years ago, we represented huge corporate uh, names across the country. And you know what they all did when they came into a local market like Miami, they hired a commercial, commercial broker to represent their needs, even though the guy on the other side is an MBA in commercial real estate. Um, he still saw the, the value of hiring an expert who knows the mm. market and all the intelligence that goes into it to negotiate the best deal. But I find it's the local business owners who struggle there a little bit because of this uh, hoarding of information of the commercial real estate sector, which is why when I launched Blue Box Real Estate, I decided we're gonna be different. I'm gonna get the information out there. You know, some brokers accused me of giving away the farm in, in, in the book I wrote. And I said, don't, if people understand the value of what we're doing, they're gonna understand that they, they, they need to hire us and they need to engage us and bring us on board to help them. So we're about with, with the Don't Sign the Lease Project, educating the business community and making sure, even if they never hire us on the transaction side through Blue Box Real Estate, if I can better a person who read the book or who read a blog or who heard the podcast, got some of the free resources and, and, and they were better business owners, therefore could provide for their family better, I accomplished the good for my fellow man. So that would, it's, it's a long way to say, <laughs> don't dive into commercial real estate without understanding commercial real estate language and lingo. And there's resources and help out there. Yeah, man. I think that's huge. I mean, I, it's, I, I would equate it to like taxes, you know, like I, I personally would never do my taxes myself without the help of a, um, you know, without, without the help of an, an accountant, even if I could like research all the information, try to fix like the time it would take yeah. me to try to figure that out would not be worth the money. You know what I mean? It's just like, just hire a professional. And exactly. Do it right. Um, what, and, and what if you missed a, a certain uh, itemized deduction and you end up paying a couple thousand dollars more? You know, and that's yeah. what I see. That's <laughs> what people are doing. They're, they can do their taxes. You know, you can go about the process and check that box, but and you're leaving a lot of stuff on the table. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so my next one for you is what's your best piece of overall business advice? So not necessarily um, in your exact uh, industry. Yeah. Okay. Well, I appreciate these deep searching questions, Tyler, <laughs> especially <laughs> when you're trying to focus it in on, on like the one piece. And I don't know, this is the one piece, but I would say this is uh, build your business to serve others. Don't build it over the ends of making money or making profit and so forth. That stuff will come. Be genuine about your role that you're fulfilling a, a purpose that you're serving others that you're, that nobody else can do this business, this line of whatever it is. Um, you, you are an expert in this and the community needs you. You've been called to this. This is why you're on earth to do this. So do it with all your might to serve others and then let the rest come. And, and you know what the markets, you know, people aren't dumb. They're, they see whether you're genuine or not. And if you're, calling is to serve others in that field for instance at blue box real estate our mission statement is to to we exist to honor god and serve our fellow man by empowering business owners to make the best informed decision regarding their real estate so it's in fulfilling our mission to honor god and serve our fellow man in the field that we're experts in which is commercial real estate that's what drives us and let that drive you because here's what happens if that's not your driver then if the results aren't exactly what you want then you're going to bounce from job to job or industry to industry. So I'm speaking not only to business owners, but if you're an employee, if, if you're doing something that you don't feel is, is, is meaningful, that's providing value to someone's life, to serving them, then what's going to happen when the results no longer are there, when the commissions don't come or the sales don't close or the, the raise doesn't come, you're going to be miserable. You're going to bounce from year to year, from job to job and try to find, you know, how to fulfill your dreams and so forth. No, Get if you're if you're in an industry now where you're making money but you're just living for the weekend, get out of it. Fine, this is America. We're 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 not indentured servants here. We all have the uh, employment at will contracts. Find something that you can feel that you are serving a purpose and serving your fellow man, and then the results and success and certainly the the income that will follow if you're doing yeah. it genuinely. Yeah, I, I agree. I always uh, tell people too, I think like fulfillment be, uh, comes before the money. Like it's not after yeah. the money. Um, and it's just, it, it's just with anything in longevity. Like if you're going to take a business to like a level that, you know, I, I don't know, to whatever level you desire, there's going to be hard times. And the only way, in my opinion, to get through the hard times isn't making an extra buck, but it's actually being fulfilled by the work you're doing, whether you're getting paid yet or not. Um, yeah. So I think the fulfillment comes, it has to come before you're not going to get through those hard times to make that money. It's just not going to happen. And hard times are going to come, Tyler, right? I mean, we, I was in commercial real estate 2009, 10, 11, you know, I was working just as hard, not making 40% less income because of the market crash, but yeah. I was still fulfilling my purpose. I was still serving my clients. They were still content with the service and uh, you, you're not judging it based on your results. Um, the results will come. Yeah. Hence why away you're still doing it today, you know? <laughs> so it's, um, so my next one for you is if you could give your younger self, uh, one piece of advice, what would that be? Wow. Boy, I tell you, I mean, look, I'm, I'm a Christian and one sense I'd want to say repent and turn to Christ now while you're young, <laughs> stop. Um, but in, in another sense, I would say this, what do young people, what do you have when you're young? that you have more of than at any time in your life. It's not knowledge. It's, it's, it's not money. It's time. It's times. Don't waste 
your life. Don't waste your time indulging in okay, every free minute. How can I just explore more entertainment and self-indulgence? Use that time to serve others, to invest in others. Find people who are older than you, who are perhaps where you would like to be and invest time into them. Uh, learn a new skill. Educate yourself. Uh, if you're going to college to study engineering, we'll, we'll take some business courses. Start a side gig. Become an entrepreneur now. Invest. You, you have time when you're young. Put it to use. When you're my age, you're going to appreciate that you did. Listen, I, I'm in my 40s, and it was a couple years ago. I wrote a book, started a business, started a podcast, all these things when I had no time. And I had to do this between, you know, after spending time with the family, I have three wonderful children, a beautiful wife of 23 years, thank God. But I had to wait till they're in bed, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, and then work from 10 to 1 to accomplish these things. Well, why didn't I do this in my 30s or in my 20s? When you're young, you have time. Don't waste it. Put it into serving others. Put it into educating yourself so that when you're my age, you can draw down on this and, and get through the ups and downs of this world. So that would be my biggest advice. Don't waste your life. Don't waste your time. Um, I think, I forget who said this quote. I want to say Dave Ramsey, but he said, live today like no one else so you can live tomorrow like no one else. And, and I think that's so true for young people. Um, don't just waste your time. Uh, clock is off at five o'clock. All right, you're off and running and, and living into yourself. Or you, you're in college. You have all this time invested in yourself, invested in others, so that when you're later on in life, you can draw that down and apply. It's a lot easier to to do that, to accomplish a business, to 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 write a book, to do these things, to study when you don't have the responsibilities of a family or running a business and so forth. So that would be it. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I always like find it interesting when people are like, Oh, I'll do it tomorrow or I'll do that later. Like I'm young. It's time to like live free now. And it's like, okay, like I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I don't think a lot of people like my age and younger actually realize that time is only going to get more limited as yep. you get older. It's not going to free up. <laughs> like yeah. you have the most amount of time you're ever going to have like today. <laughs> like, I, I I have a silly theory that I haven't proven on, on why time seems to move faster as we get older. Yeah. And, yeah. Tell uh, I'm happy me. to I'm share sorry. it with you if you like Tyler. <laughs> I do because I've been noticing that and I don't even have like kids or a wife yet. So I'm like not ready for the next step. <laughs> Here you go. Here, here's my theory. It, time is uh, obviously it's, it's relative and it's proportion. So when you're one years old to go to two years old, you've doubled your life. Okay, one year when you're two is, wow, half my lifetime. When you're 10, one year is 10% of your life. But now when you're 46, it's 146, and I can't figure that out. You know what that number is, but proportionately, <laughs> it is. It's smaller. Proportionately, each year feels a smaller component of our life, and it is. And so that's why I think time seems to move faster, clip, when we're older. It's just, it's just clipping by. But when you're a teenager, my goodness, 10th grade seems to take forever because it's 1 15th of your life. You know, when you're 50, yeah. it's 150th. So that, that's my time theory. Hasn't been proven yet, but I stand by it. Yeah, no, it, it makes sense, man. I, each year definitely seems to go quicker. Like, I, I feel like I just turned 27 like a week ago, but it was actually like six months ago. <laughs> I'm like, 20, dude, what the heck? Wow. Um, I can't remember that far back, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is a perfect segue into the next one. So we're going to get deep real quick with you. Yes. Yeah, you ready? And your opinion. I'm looking at it. I'm ready. <laughs> uh, what is the key to happiness? So this this question, <laughs> wow! I, tell you, I I love it from this perspective because there's a 
to me, there's a few presuppositions in this question. And that is that happiness is something worthwhile that we all want. What is the key to happiness? Happiness is good. We desire it. But somehow uh, we struggle to either have it on our own or when we've obtained it, it doesn't last long. It's like holding water in your hand because we, we, it's unlocked. We need to discover it. And, and so what is the key? And I, I have to argue, again, as a Christian, that, listen, the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. It's going to be difficult to have lasting happiness in your days on this earth and your business and serving others if you don't have a, a vertical relationship with God through his son, Jesus. I mean, it's going to thwart everything else off. So I would start there. And, but it's also in understanding what your role is. So, again, look, put yourself in my shoes. I mean, I have a God who loves me and who's created me. And I feel like he's given me a purpose and talents and skills to use it to serve others in this field for now of commercial real estate. And so I'm finding happiness in fulfilling that calling and doing that role. It goes back to our, our, our question earlier about uh, business advice. I, I am finding happiness in the journey, not the end. In just serving my God and serving my fellow man, I'm finding satisfaction and fulfillment and happiness. And so, but the circumstances change. There's sometimes like in 2009, 10, the income wasn't there. It was a hard time, but it didn't thwart my happiness because I was still serving my purpose and calling. And when the circumstances are great, praise God. When they're poor, praise God. I'm still serving my purpose and finding happiness. I mean, you look at this world that we live in. I mean, we recently saw uh, the epitome of a, of a franchise, sports franchise owner, a 70-something-year-old billionaire. And allegedly still struggling to find happiness in allegedly prostitution. Mm -hmm. But he's a billionaire. And he, he, they won the Super Bowl. How could he not be happy? Again, your circumstances aren't going to determine your happiness. It's going to be, are you fulfilling your God-given role? Do you have that relationship? And thus you can turn around and serve others. And regardless of the circumstances, still find happiness in the journey of what you're doing. And the results and the circumstances won't impact the happiness. That, to me, where you, the only place you can find lasting happiness. The only thing I can say to that is amen. No. <laughs> well, sorry. Didn't mean to preach there, but No, no, that was good, you. dude. <laughs> I'm not joking. That was good stuff right there. Um, that was awesome, man. Um, I don't, I mean, that's definitely top 10 uh, answers to that. And I've done over a thousand interviews. That was good. Um, so my next one for you, we're going to talk about books. Yep. Uh, so what is the best book that you've read and what was the number one thing you learned from that? Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to answer kind of in, in, in two parts and you'll, you'll, you'll guess why, but I mean, that thing has impacted me or thousands of lives more than the 66 books that are collectively called the Bible that tells us who God is, who man is, how we rebelled, why sin and evil and suffering have come into this world and what God has done by sending his son Jesus to die for, for the sins of, of whoever would put their trust in him. So, I mean, that, that impacts your life. And, and if you truly get into it, read it, believe it, uh, it impacts every area of your life. So that, that to me, there's, 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 there's the Bible, then, then everything else. Okay. So, but in the everything else category, Tyler, I am a huge fan also of Jim Collins and uh, his books I've heard on audio and I bought them good to great, great by choice. You know, he starts off good to great with a quote, uh, good is the enemy of great. And he goes on to, to study Fortune 500 companies who outperformed their uh, peers uh, over a 15-year period. Uh, and I'm, I'm butchering you know, the exact parameters, but um, it's data-driven. And, and the findings that he puts and publishes in his books 
level five leadership and the flywheels and getting the right people on the bus. I'm actually, as a business owner, trying to implement. And so to me, from a business book perspective, those books have had a tremendous influence on me. And, uh, and from a personal and business in every field of life, the Bible. I mean, nothing compares to what God has given to us. Mm. And then what is your favorite quote and why? All right. So this one, I could have gone a million ways on this quote, but I, I, I'm, I really love this quote by Benjamin Franklin. He said this, he was so learned that he could name a horse in nine languages, so ignorant that he bought a cow to ride on. And <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's humorous and it's just to the point and it's to the point of what I'm trying to build as a firm and uh, build and the don't sign the lease.com project is I see a lot of business owners who know a lot about business, but they're riding on cows because of knowing enough about commercial real estate to be dangerous and get themselves involved in it, but they don't realize they need to be on thoroughbreds instead of cows. And so uh, I really found that quote to help crystallize that thought. And, uh, and I also find that, uh, as you know, as a business owner, uh, we have to, in, one, there's a lot of resources out there today. You can go to YouTube, Skillshare. There's so many ways that you can equip yourself. But I encourage everyone to know something about everything. You can't, can't master it all, but you can be good at a lot, learn a lot of things. And, um, and so you don't end up buying a cow instead of a thoroughbred uh, to ride on. So today there's no excuse. You just have to invest a time. And then obviously turn to professionals who are out there uh, who can help you determine that, that no, that, that cow is, is not what you need. You, you need a horse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dude, love it. This was a great interview. Um, the last one I got for you, where can our listeners best connect and or find uh, you online? All right. Well, I, obviously, I appreciate you uh, giving us the opportunity here. So uh, if you're in South Florida and you own an office building and, uh, or an office tenant, please contact us at uh, info at blueboxre.com info at blueboxre.com and that's our website blueboxre.com and please if you're listening to this anywhere and you want to learn about commercial real estate you might be a, in residential real estate and say you know i dabble into it let me explore it a little bit more go to don't sign the lease.com i've ri written uh, a commercial real estate tale it's in narrative form it's fun it's light and it teaches principles of commercial real estate and uh, so go to don't sign the lease.com to hear us on the podcast get commercial real estate blog subscribe and, uh, and keep up with our latest podcast there as well. Perfect, man. Thank you again for coming on. I appreciate you, Tyler. Thank you.